we have some good news from Dr. Fauci. I never thought I would say that, but Dr. Fauci just appeared on my pal Alex Michelson's show and Fauci said that he does not predict that there will be a vaccine mandate. Take a listen. The fact is, from the standpoint of practicality, there is merit to that. There are a lot of concerns and objections about discrimination for people who don't or Big Brother looking over you and giving you the, uh, the right or not to enter into a theater or into a restaurant. It's a very controversial issue right now. But you can understand that there may be individual independent entities, not at the level of the federal government, but there may be some school districts that would say, unless you're vaccinated, you can't get in. Or some places of employment that say, unless you're vaccinated, you can't come in. That's a part from a broad umbrella concern or control by the federal government. I don't think you're going to see a federal government mandate about that. Now that is at least something of a good prediction. The problem for anyone familiar with Dr. Fauci's predictions is they've all turned out to be wrong. So that's not great. But even taking the answer for what it is, what that means is that now this issue of vaccine passports is up to the governors. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment yesterday from Seeker Finder, who says, sometimes the shepherd has to be a lion in order to scare the wolves away. Very, very good point. This referring, I think, to that Polish Canadian pastor who screamed at the cops who tried to break up his Holy Week service and said, get out, get out, you Gestapo, you Nazis, get out. It was just absolutely fabulous. That's right. You know, the the good shepherd uh, is uh, very nurturing and loving and wonderful. Also kind of a tough guy. <laughs> also stands up, also has courage. And that is what we need from, from our shepherds here as well. No question about it. If you want to feel strong, if you want to feel well, if you want to feel virile, you might want to check out Hims. Forhims.com is all about men's wellness. Need help with ED, hair loss, or have a cold? Interested in mental health or COVID-19 home tests? Hims is here for you. Hims connects you with a licensed medical professional online who can prescribe FDA-approved prescription medication to treat ED. You get the same active ingredient as that expensive little pill, but without the expensive price tag. This could cost hundreds of dollars if you had to go through a doctor or a pharmacy. Not so with Hims. Hims makes it simple and affordable. No embarrassing conversations, no expensive appointments. I know that guys don't want to talk about this sort of thing. Just answer a few questions online about your medical history and a provider will confidentially review. If approved, your medication is shipped directly to your door in discreet packaging and shipping is free. You know, there are problems that really affect some guys where there's a simple solution. So avail yourself of that solution. Try Hims today by starting out with a free online visit. Go to forhims.com slash Michael for your free visit. That's forhims.com slash Michael, F-O-R-H-I-M-S.com slash Michael. Prescription products are subject to medical provider approval and require an online consultation with a medical provider who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. See website for full details and safety information. Remember, that's forhims.com slash Michael. The issue of the vaccine passports is up to the governors. The good news on this is more and more 
Republican governors seem poised to come out strongly against the vaccine passports. Governor Tate Reeves in Mississippi is now joining Ron DeSantis in saying, no, we oppose these COVID passports. Do you think private businesses uh, should be banned from requiring vaccine passports? What's your take on this? Well, I don't support vaccine passports. I don't think it's necessary, and I don't, I don't think it's a good thing to do uh, in, in America. Great answer. And Tate Reeves has been really good on, on this issue. He's good governor generally, but he's been really good on this issue in particular. Uh, but we're going to have to get more specific here because Jake Tapper's question was very specific. He said, do you support the right of businesses, of private organizations to require these vaccine passports? And Governor Reeves gives this broader answer. He says, I do not support vaccine passports. So certainly that would seem to imply that he doesn't support them at the state level. You know, the state mandating that to access certain government services, you need to show a vaccine passport. And it would, I think he is saying that he does not support it. Private business is doing that either, but it is a slightly different question. And I think that we're going to need to get real, real specific on this because I, I could see all the Republicans being against the state mandate, but I could see some squishes going in for allowing private businesses to require it. But we cannot permit that, folks. If it is the government telling me that I've got to show my medical history and get injected with this thing in order to participate in civil life, or it's a private business doing that, I, I don't really care. I, I just don't want to do it. I will not support any Republican in the 2024 presidential primary who does not vigorously oppose the vaccine passports. I think this is a good rule. The the good news for uh, people in the Senate and people in Congress is it it seems to be a non-issue for them. If Fauci is right, then this is not going to be a federal matter. But this is going to affect governors because governors are going to have a whole lot of say over whether or not they are going, and and people in state houses and state senators and that sort of thing. Uh, Presumably state senators and state assemblymen are not going to be running for president, but the governors really might. This is a total line in the sand issue. There are many reasons why we should all oppose these vaccine passports. And some parts of the right are going to gravitate towards certain reasons. Some parts of the right are going to gravitate toward others. So you can, you can imagine the real you know, get off my lawn libertarian right, they're going to oppose these vaccine passports as a matter of liberties. You don't get to do this, folks. You don't get to demand not only that I get injected with the shot, but that I prove that to you everywhere I go just to go buy a cup of coffee. Uh, For the maybe less libertarian, more traditional conservatives on the right. This is a complete upending of our political order. This is an upending of our political institutions, our traditions, our American way of life. For the religious right, there are ethical questions about these vaccines. Which vaccines were developed using old stem cell lines from aborted babies? Lots of bioethical questions here. I don't care which argument you gravitate toward. This is the issue. Ron DeSantis down in Florida has been, I think, the leader as far as governors go on this issue. And it's why the left is going after him. Did you see this yesterday? I I hope you saw this. I know that very few people who listen to this show watch 60 Minutes because very few people generally watch 60 Minutes (laughs) anymore. uh, And hopefully it'll be fewer and fewer moving into the future. 60 Minutes, total network news hit piece on Ron DeSantis. 60 Minutes, 
played an exchange between one of their reporters and Ron DeSantis on an issue, not really, only tangentially related to the vaccines. It's about an allegation of corruption and whether a supermarket chain donated some money to Ron DeSantis in Florida. And so DeSantis gave them a special contract on the vaccine. It's total BS. It's completely bogus, which we'll get to in a minute. But just listen to the exchange as 60 Minutes presents it. We wanted to ask Governor DeSantis about the deal, but he declined our request for an interview. We caught up with him south of Orlando. Publix, as you know, donated $100,000 to your campaign, and then you rewarded them with the exclusive rights to distribute the vaccination in So Palm first Beach. of all, that, what you're saying is wrong. How, how is that not pay to that, play? That's a fake narrative. I met with the county mayor, I met with the administrator, I met with all the folks at Palm Beach County, and I said, Here's some of the options. We can do more drive-through sites. We can give more to hospitals. We can do the publics. And they said, we think that would be the easiest thing for our residents. But Melissa McKinley, the county commissioner in the Glades, told us the governor never met with her about the public's deal. The criticism is that it's pay to play, It's wrong, it's wrong, it's a fake narrative. I just disabused you of the narrative and you don't care about the facts because obviously I laid it out for you in a way that is irrefutable. Well, I, I and so it's clearly not. Isn't there the nearest no, public? No, 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 you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. Yes, That's sir. That's actually a fact. Okay, wow. If you were to listen to that exchange, I think you would say, gosh, maybe he, there is some corruption here because he didn't lay it out in a way that's irrefutable. He didn't take her through anything. He just made this claim that he met with some mayors and county people and then some other county person said they didn't. And then, and there were some really good shots of the reporter smirking at DeSantis and saying, this is corruption. Okay, right. That's interesting. Thankfully, we have the full footage of that exchange, which went nothing like what that clip would suggest. I'm not even going to play the whole exchange. Just take a listen to the first part of the exchange and compare it to what 60 Minutes aired. So first of all, that, what you're saying is wrong. That's, that, that's a fake narrative. So first of all, when we did the, the first pharmacies that had it were CVS and Walgreens, and they had a long-term care mission. So they were going to the long-term care facilities. They got vaccine in the middle of December. They started going to the long-term care facilities the third week of December to do LTCs. So that was their mission. That was very important, and we trusted them to do that. As we got into January, we wanted to expand the distribution points. So, yes, you had the counties. You had some drive through sites. You had hospitals that were doing a lot. But we wanted to get it into communities more. So we reached out to other retail pharmacies, Publix, Walmart. Obviously, CVS and Walgreens had to finish that mission. And we said, we're going we're gonna to use you as soon as you're done with that. For the Publix, they were the first one to raise their hand, say they were ready to go. And you know what? We did it on a trial basis. I had three counties. I actually showed up that weekend and talked to seniors across four different publics. This goes on for like a minute and a half, in addition to what we've already heard, where he's laying out step by step exactly the plan, saying, no, we didn't give this exclusive contract to Publix. We started at CVS. We start, then went to Walgreens. Then we opened it up. Publix was the first one that could do it. We did polls of the senior citizens. We found out most senior citizens live within a mile of Publix. It's proven very popular. It's why we're leading the country in these vaccines. It goes on and on and on and on. The reporter has nothing. And then she keeps coming back and saying, well, but this is bad. And he says, okay, well, I've disabused you of this narrative. I guess you're not paying attention, but I've just laid it out for you. Absolutely. People should lose their jobs over what just happened at 60 Minutes. Whatever producer or reporter, quote unquote, put that thing together should be fired and should never work in 
reporting again. If they want to become leftist commentators on MSNBC, that would be more honest, more understandable. But what they just, what they just did on 60 Minutes is lie. They committed fraud on 60 Minutes. Why are they doing this to DeSantis? They're doing it to him because they're afraid of him because they think that he would be a formidable presidential candidate in 2024. It's the same reason they're going after Cruz for Cancun. I, the whole time, I, maybe I mentioned this at the time when, when the Cruz in Cancun story was the biggest story in the world. Why? Why was everybody going after Cruz all the time? Because the left felt that he would be a formidable candidate in 2024. They're doing it to DeSantis because he also would be a formidable candidate in 2024. They only go after people that they're afraid of. You're not going to see 60 minute hit pieces on John Kasich. Frankly, if, if the left is not going after a Republican politician, I am skeptical of that politician. I'm probably not going to support that politician. <laughs> and I think, uh, you know, I, I don't anticipate that there's going to be some big expose on Mitt Romney. Let's put it that way. Okay. DeSantis right now is one of the big targets. There are two or three big targets on the right. He's one of them. And he's stating with clarity, this is not just about government mandates on the vaccine. This extends to private businesses as well. You know, one private business that I really like, paint your life. If you want to give a one of a kind gift, a really, really meaningful gift, you got to try paintyourlife.com. I absolutely love it. You can get a professional hand-painted portrait created from any photo at a truly affordable price. Choose from a team of world-class artists and work with them until every detail is perfect. User-friendly platform lets you order a custom-made hand-painted portrait in less than five minutes. You, you just send in any picture or pictures, by the way, of, of you, of your kids, of a special place, of a pet, wherever you want. If you do multiple pictures, they can combine them into one painting. This makes a great wedding present. I gave one to my stepbrother. It's a beautiful, beautiful piece. It also makes a good you present. That's what I did. I had a, a portrait made of my mother. It's a beautiful piece. I really love it. Now, a cute little June, my son gets to see his grandmother. At paintyourlife.com, there's no risk. If you don't love the final painting, your money is refunded, guaranteed. Right now is a limited time offer. You get 20% off your painting. That is 20% off and free shipping. To get this special offer, text the word Michael to 64,000. That's M-I-C-H-A-E-L to 64,000. Text Michael to 64,000. Go check them out. I love these guys. Celebrate the moments that matter most. Terms apply available at paintyourlife.com slash terms. That's texting Michael to 64,000. I want to be crystal clear on this vaccine issue because I think that the vaccine passports, it's an actual line in the sand issue. I think that Republicans who do not oppose this vigorously should not be taken seriously for 2024. This is going to come down to the state houses. So I'm really talking about the governors here. This is, first of all, at the bare minimum, these, these guys need to come out against state mandated vaccine passports, but they need to go further than that. Actually, they need to ban businesses from demanding vaccine passports. But Michael, that's an incursion into the free market. Uh, not really. It's just a basic defense of justice and our constitutional order and our rights. DeSantis has been good on this. He stated with some clarity that he would not tolerate companies requiring these vaccine passports. He says that would seem to extend beyond a private issue. And of course, this is the case. Of course, this is the case. You know, uh, at least for the past 20 years or so, Republicans and conservatives have deluded ourselves and pretended that there's this perfectly neat distinction between the public sphere and the private sphere, you know, the private sector and the, the 
politics and the culture that there's this perfectly neat separation, but there isn't obviously. Politics in its most basic sense, old uncle Aristotle taught us this, is how we all get along together. It's what we all do together. And in our political tradition, we carve out broad spaces where the government is not, or at least the federal government is not really expected to intrude, even though from the very beginning of our country, local government has had a huge say about supposedly private matters. But someone wrote into me and I thought it was a good question. They said, Michael, how can conservatives support legislation that would prevent businesses from demanding the vaccine passport, but also defend the baker in Colorado who doesn't want to bake a cake for a gay wedding. A gay, you know, I, I don't even know what terms we're supposed to use anymore. There is not a contradiction here. The reason that there is not a contradiction, because on the surface, it seems like there's a contradiction. We're, we're saying in the one case in Colorado that businesses should be able to do whatever they want, but we're saying in the case of vaccine passports, businesses should not be able to do whatever they want. Well, how is this not a contradiction? Because politics has both form and substance. So there is the question, the, the really abstract question, should businesses be able to do whatever they want? And then there's the substantive question. What are the businesses doing? In the case of the baker in Colorado, you have an, an artist, right? A, a cake artist, a man who is using his craft and his skill. And the question is, can you or should you compel him to do something that violates his conscience and specifically that violates the traditional views of Christianity? And I think the answer to that really specific question is no, you shouldn't. You shouldn't force a Christian baker to adopt the religion of wokeism not just because of the abstract principle, but also because Christianity is better than wokeism. And it's more in keeping with our actual political traditions in this country. With regard to the vaccine passports and private businesses, the question is, should businesses be permitted to demand your medical history, therefore to demand that you show your medical history to big tech companies who are developing these, these vaccine passports? Should they require, should the businesses be able to require you to get this very hastily developed vaccine. It was developed in the last six months or rather within six months within the last year. Or, you know, a, a vaccine that has not by its very definition doesn't, has not been tested for long-term consequences. Should, on that particular substantive question, should the businesses be able to do that? And I think no. But Michael, if you start talking about the substance, if you start talking about the actual practical issues at play, why then you're no better than the left? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think conservatives are really good <laughs> at defending very abstract principles over the last 20 years. Sometimes they're defending principles they shouldn't even defend, by the way. But they've gotten really bad at defending anything practical, anything prudent, anything, oh, I don't know, conservative. They're not, they're not really good at that. Uh, DeSantis has this right. A lot of other people have this wrong. Where are the other governors on this? By, by my last count, there are 27 Republican governors right now. So far, I've seen DeSantis and Tate Reeves come out pretty strongly against this stuff. Where are the other ones? I want to hear from all the other Republican governors. I just saw the, the governor of Arkansas, this guy Asa Hutchinson. He just vetoed a transgender bill. It's a, uh, there, was, there was a bill that was passed through the Arkansas State House that said that uh, little children should not be pumped full of cross-sex hormones. And Asa Hutchinson, 
the Republican, apparently Republican governor of Arkansas vetoed the bill. This guy, Asa Hutchinson thinks that little kids should be pumped full of cross-sex hormones. Something tells me Governor Hutchinson could benefit from the attachment of a few biological structures that he apparently lacks. But while we're waiting for that medical procedure to take place, he should be removed from office. He has no judgment. The, re- the reason that issue in particular matters is because if, if you do not, it ties in with the, the question of substance, more actual moral arguments that we're talking about. If you do not possess the judgment to know that you shouldn't pump little boys full of cross-sex hormones to, to make them look a little bit more like little girls before they go through puberty. If you, if you don't have that judgment, you should not hold any public office. You should not be elected dog catcher. And I think that re- Republicans should move as swiftly as they possibly can to remove Asa Hutchinson from office in Arkansas. Absolutely ridiculous stuff because they're all living in fear. They're living in fear of being called a bigot or a thisist or a thatist. What Hutchinson said was, he said, this, this transgender bill, this is just a product of the culture war. So what? So you're going to concede the culture war? Cool. Thanks, buddy. Good grief. I, you know, I hope that President Trump lives a long life, very long life. And then I hope when he goes to his eternal reward, I hope that he donates his body to science and his spine to Republicans because it's pathetic what some of them are doing. Speaking of instilling fear, uh, Black Lives Matter is threatening to burn down the country again if they don't get the outcome they want in the trial of Derek Chauvin, the cop who was involved in the death of George Floyd. There is a, a woman, I've never heard of her, but apparently she's popular on social media, Maya Eccles. She's a model and a Black Lives Matter activist. And she just took to TikTok and threatened to burn some stuff down if they don't get the outcome they want in the trial. If George Floyd's murderer is not sentenced, just know that all hell is going to break loose. Don't be surprised when buildings are on fire. That woman is a terrorist. I'm not not using hyperbolic language here. Terrorism is the targeting of civilians to achieve political purposes. So I guess she didn't specify which buildings would be on fire. But if, if you can infer from the way that BLM torched the country last summer, if you can infer from that and deduce that it, there would be private buildings, private businesses on fire, as well as government buildings, then what she is doing is making a criminal threat to burn places down if we do not subvert our justice system to give her what she wants. Why are we tolerating what is the, the most basic definition of terrorism? Why? Why are people going along with this? Why is Mitt Romney marching with BLM terrorists? Why is he doing that? Why are these Republicans? I never want to hear another word about the Capitol Hill riot so long as people like this lady can get away with making criminal threats. And in the case of BLM and Antifa, actually carrying out threats as they did for six months in the United States. I don't want to hear a peep about it about the Trumpist insurrectionists. I just, I just don't want to hear it because it's so disingenuous. It is in such bad faith. And it's not just some lady mouthing off on TikTok. I mean, she identifies herself with the organization, right? She identifies herself with the BLM movement. 
But it's not just her. It's not just some mouthy millennial making idle threats. This sort of thing is supported by the most powerful people in the Democrat liberal establishment. How many Democrat politicians voiced their support for BLM last summer as they burned down the country? Kamala Harris, the sitting vice president, raised money to bail these people out of jail. She wasn't bailing the peaceful protesters out of jail. The peaceful protesters weren't in jail. The arsonists and the criminals were in jail and she raised money to bail them out. And then she went on national television and said, this shouldn't stop. This should keep going. Joe Biden's staff members raised money for these criminals. And yet we are supposed to clutch our pearls over Donald Trump's tweets or something. Give me a break. Gosh, it makes me so tense when I, I just need to feel a little, I could use a little massage. You know what I could get a, a massage in right now? My X chair. X chair has you covered for your office chair needs. The secret is not only their patented dynamic variable lumbar support, which offers incredible lumbar support to your lower back, but now, thanks to their new XHMT technology, you can also get heat and massage therapy while you're sitting at your desk. I'm not joking. When we got the chair here, I immediately try it out. I did not know chairs could be this sophisticated, but you go, you get it on, you get the massage thing going, get a little heat. Oh my gosh, it feels great. My posture feels a little bit better, helps increase blood flow, muscle recovery, and energy. All the perks that make working from home or the office a joy. It's even got four different massage modes, fast warming heat technology for therapy when you are sore. Right now, X-Chair is on sale for $100 off. Go to xchairnoles.com. That is the letter X, chair, K-N-A-W-L-E-S.com or call 1-844-4X-Chair. X-Chair has a 30-day guarantee of complete comfort, uh, but you are going to love it, so you're not going to return it. You can finance your purchase for as little as 30 bucks a month. Go to xchairnoles.com right now. Use code XWheels for free X-Wheel blade casters. xchairnoles.com. Also, speaking of the Biden administration's corruption and radicalism, make sure you check out Ben's show. Ben will be talking about Joe Biden's new world order. And of course, then after that, we will have the Candace Owens show. Candace's show streams on Fridays at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central at dailywire.com. You can get the audio podcast though, Candace on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you need some Candace Owens in your podcast feed, look no further. Head over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and subscribe today. Be sure to leave a five-star review if you like what you hear. Check it out. We'll be right back with a lot more. The mainstream left defends, embraces, sometimes directly joins the fringes of the far left. And then they run away from responsibility when they get called out for it. So Jen Psaki just had to do some damage control for Joe Biden. Joe Biden came out and he effectively called for a boycott of Georgia for the Major League Baseball for the All-Star Game. Now the All-Star Game is leaving Georgia and they're taking away lots and lots of money and economic opportunity. And now people are very upset about this, including Democrat politicians in Georgia. So Jen Psaki was asked about this, says, gosh, you know, does, does Joe Biden regret what he did? And, and she just denied his statement outright. So he was not dictating uh, 
for what Major League Baseball uh, should do, that, that they should, dictating they should move the All-Star game. Uh, that is, was their decision. They made that decision. And as he stated earlier, he certainly supports that. We've not, uh, not asked corporations to take specific actions. That's not uh, our focus here. Our focus is on and continuing to convey that it's important that voting is easier, not harder, uh, that when there are laws in place that make it harder, we certainly express an opposition to those laws. And we all believe private sector entities are going to make decisions, and that's their uh, their role to do so. Uh, what I'm conveying, what I can speak to, is what our focus is on and what our role is here from the White House and what his energies will be directed toward. So Joe Biden never said that, that MLB should pull the All-Star game. He never said it, okay? That's a conspiracy theory that he would have said that. Stop it. Stop accusing him of saying things he didn't say. Joe, what say you? So, Mr. President, what do you think about the possibility that baseball decides to move their all-star game out of Atlanta because of this political issue? I think today's professional athletes are acting incredibly responsibly. I would strongly support them doing that. People look to them. They're leaders. Look at what's happened with the NBA as well. Look at what's happened across the board. The very people who are victimized the most are the people who are the leaders in these, in these various sports. And it's just not right. This is Jim Crow on steroids, what they're doing in, in Georgia. Mr. President, would you support the MLB pulling their all-star game out of Georgia? I would strongly support them doing that. I would strongly support them doing that. He never said that. No, according to Jen Psaki, Joe Biden never said what we just heard him say. And why would he support them doing that? Because he says that the new Georgia law is Jim Crow on steroids. Now there's an irony here because one of the places that MLB could move the Ulster game would be New York, except uh, there's a little snag here. New York has more restrictive voter laws than Georgia, even after the Georgia awful Jim Crow law. So if, if Georgia is Jim Crow, what does that make New York? If Republican Georgia is Jim Crow on steroids, then New York must be the antebellum South but it's run by Democrats. How weird is that? I guess like the antebellum South was run by Democrats. Isn't Georgia now sort of run, right? It's the, there's a Republican governor, but there's two Democratic senators. Not the first time that a Biden has tried to avoid responsibilities, uh, responsibility for his mistakes. There's a, an even clearer example than old Joe. That would be Hunter, Hunter Biden, who Everyone's talking about his sex scandals right now because he's got lots and lots of sex scandals and they're gross. And some of them are probably criminal and lots of them are just immoral and creepy and weird. Uh, but he's got lots of criminal issues too, the drugs and the possible materials on his laptop. Anyway, the real scandal is that Joe, uh, Joe Biden's son, Hunter, leveraged his father's name to get oodles and oodles of money out of foreign governments that Joe Biden was making policy on at the time. Ukraine, China, he was leveraging that name to get very lucrative deals. And in some cases he succeeded. So because Joe Biden's son is in legal trouble, he's being asked if, is he going to cop a plea deal? Is he going to try to get out of this federal investigation that he's under. And Hunter Biden says, absolutely not. He's not going to cop a plea deal. He's going to maintain his innocence because he is 100% certain that the DOJ will clear him. There's a current Department of Justice investigation into your finances. Yep. What is it about? 
Can you say anything more? I can't, but I can say this, is I'm cooperating um, completely. And I am absolutely certain, 100% certain, that at the end of the investigation, that I will be cleared of any wrongdoing. You're 100% certain I'm 100% certain of it. And all I can do is cooperate and, and trust in the process. Yeah, of course, he's 100% certain. I'm just about 100% certain, too, that he'll be cleared. Not because I don't think that he committed crimes. I think it is pretty clear that Hunter Biden committed crimes. But he's a, he's a Biden. He's, a, he's been getting away with this for years. <laughs> there, there have been reports that other peeks into his private life and his finances and possible crimes by federal agencies have been covered up over the years. He's been getting away with this for so long. Why would that change now? Why would that change now that his father is president? I just don't buy it. The federal agencies have been covering up for the Democratic establishment for a long time because in, in many ways they're captured by the Democratic establishment. The other, you know, watching that interview of Hunter Biden, it also reminds me, don't do drugs. Don't try. I know it seems like a simple thing to say. You know, it's, it's like I'm a, I'm an instructor in dare. Don't do drugs, kids. Not, not even once. This is your brain on drugs. That interview reminded me of the Charlie Sheen interviews from 10 years ago. Remember when Char- Charlie Sheen came out and he was talking about how he's, he's got tiger blood and he was all crazy and he looked like he was all coked out all the time. That kind of jittery, awkward, it's not the way you want to be. It reminds me that vice warps you, not just the drugs, but all sorts of vice warps you. Hunter Biden is a handsome guy who was born with virtually some sadness in his life, obviously, but basically every privilege that a guy could have. And he turned out rotten. He turned out just about as rotten as it gets because of vice. And now he doesn't look good either. He looks ugly. He has been contorted and corrupted by vice and sin. These are real things. And these are real things that we think about during Holy Week and during Easter. Don't do it. Don't, do not end up like Hunter, even though he's probably going to get away with his crimes as a matter of the law, as a matter of law enforcement. But you can see them on his face. He doesn't look good. He has not aged very well. Why is he going to get away? Why is Hunter going to get away with this stuff? Because there's two sets of rules in this country. There's one set of rules for the in crowd call them the elites, call them the establishment, call them whatever you want. And there's another set of rules for everyday Americans. And that's just that. There's one set of rules for illegal aliens who are being used by the Democrat establishment to gain political power. And there's another set of rules for Americans. So Americans for a year have been told, can't leave your house can't have Christmas, can't have Thanksgiving, don't see your family, can't have a funeral for your dead loved ones. Now, if you do leave your house, you need to test negative for COVID. You have to show a passport to prove you've gotten the vaccine and the variants and the whatever. But if those same people, uh, they left their house and they immediately went to Mexico and then they ran across the border illegally, they'd be fine. There's an estimated 10% of illegal aliens entering our country right now having COVID. 10%, 10%, 1 in 10 of the record number of foreign nationals flooding into our country, and even when they do get caught, very often they're released, have COVID. Many of them were released without even being tested, as the DHS secretary admitted a couple weeks ago. That's fine. That's okay. We don't need to worry about COVID when it's 
involving people who might give Democrats more political power. We just need to worry about COVID when it's people who might challenge that Democrat hegemony. Two sets of rules. Speaking of dubious public health policies, Rachel Levine, Mr. Dr. Rachel Levine is the Assistant Secretary of Health and Human Services. Rachel Levine is a man who pretends to be a woman. And we are all impelled or compelled to pretend that he is a woman as well. There was a question raised by Rand Paul when Rachel Levine was up for his position uh, that was whether or not Rachel Levine would have any sort of objectivity on the question of giving little boys cross-sex hormones to make them look a little bit more like little girls and fundamentally damage their biology, their biochemistry, because Rachel Levine has this psychological disorder whereby he thinks that he's a woman or he very much wants to be a woman and he pretends to be one. And Rachel Levine said, no, absolutely. I can be totally objective. It's totally fine. Well, now Rachel Levine, who will speak on these matters because he's the assistant secretary of health, is coming out and supporting, I guess, not really all that different from the Republican governor of Arkansas, whatever he's worth. Uh, Rachel Levine is now supporting giving the little kids the cross-sex hormones. Here he is describing the, the reasoning. Many states across the country are considering and passing bills that would outlaw puberty blockers and hormone treatment for transgender youth. I mean, you worked in Pennsylvania as a pediatrician. You understand adolescent medicine well. How do you view these bills? Well, I, I think that they're very challenging. I think it's really challenging to see state legislators and certain governors targeting LGBTQ people, particularly uh, vulnerable transgender youth. And so I will do everything I can to advocate for transgender and LGBTQ youth, to educate people and states about LGBTQ and specifically transgender issues and, and work towards uh, fairness and equality. Well, see, I don't think that this is a, a political issue at all. This is about fairness and equality and about specifically health equity, which is part of my portfolio. This is not a political issue at all. Wow, how brazen that is. Whether or not we should have laws that allow perverts to pump little kids full of cross-sex hormones, that's not a political issue because it's so obvious that we should. That's, that's what he is implying here. He's saying it's so obvious that we should pump these little kids full of the wrong hormones and delay or prevent their puberty and, and mutilate their bodies it's so obvious that it shouldn't even be a topic of legitimate political debate. We should just go right ahead and do it. This is the progressive view of politics, which is that everything is political except for politics. <laughs> Every, your sneakers are political. Your tacos are political. Your baseball is political. But politics is not. That's going to be decided by experts, specifically scientists, specifically in public health. You know, experts who are clearly have a lot of expertise and are so wise, like this man, Rachel Levine, who calls himself a woman, that we need to basically outsource all of our politics to them. And then we don't need these crazy debates anymore. It's just a matter of equity. It should go without saying that in no healthy country would Rachel Levine be the assistant secretary of health. It is obvious it, it should go without saying. Now, I think it must go without saying. I'm not sure that I'm allowed to say that. 
am I allowed to say that it is objectively disordered that this guy is the assistant secretary of health? Not just because of what he says on this one issue, but more broadly, am I allowed? I don't know that I'm allowed to say that anymore because social media companies have gone full in on this. Everyone seems to be going in. I mean, not the majority. I think the majority of the American people don't think you should pump little Johnny full of hormones to make him look like little Jane. So then how is this being advanced, even by some squish Republican governors like the guy in Arkansas? Because, as I describe in my book, Speechless, Controlling Words, Controlling Minds, the left has engaged in a century-long war of position whereby they don't need to make the arguments individually. It's not like a normal, it's not like a war of maneuver where they just lob their argument and then they're refuted and you go back and forth. They've engaged in a war of position where they attain positions of influence throughout the society, not just in government, but in universities, notably in big, big corporate America, big tech elsewhere. And then gradually, then suddenly they, they exercise that power and the people are overwhelmed. The common sense is overwhelmed. The, the radicals who developed this kind of, call it wokeism or political correctness or whatever it is that prevents me from saying that it's weird that Rachel Levine is the assistant health secretary. The people who developed this described what is going on right now in great detail. They predicted it and they called for it. This is, this is what I outline in my book. And, and Republicans and conservatives have been utterly feckless at stopping it because they've fallen for the trap that these very, very clever political thinkers on the left laid out. I do think there is a way out of this, uh, but I suppose you'll have to read my book to figure out <laughs> what that trick is, because it's a little bit of a lengthy argument. We'll, we'll talk about it more on this show, but I do, I do lay it out there. There is some good news, though, on this big tech censorship front, which is that one of the last great <laughs> Supreme Court justices, Clarence Thomas, has given conservatives at least cause to hope that we might be able to win. Did you know that mRNA vaccines are approved for use in pigs in the United States? Not to mention 85% of the beef sold in your local grocery store is imported. In fact, over 5 billion pounds of meat was imported just last year. There's so much mystery surrounding our meat, which is why I'm so grateful for my Good Rancher subscription. I know that I don't have to worry about imported meat or unknown vaccines in the food that I feed my family. Good Ranchers is saying mRNO to mRNA by offering a free 10-pound Easter ham with any subscription. Unlike the pork from the grocery store, Good Ranchers ham is guaranteed 100% free from mRNA vaccines. This is a $119 value, absolutely free with code DAILYWIRE. Go to GoodRanchers.com and say mRNO to mRNA by subscribing today. You have a right to know exactly what's in your food, and Good Ranchers is dedicated to protecting that right and providing your family with the best meat in America, free from any unknown and potentially harmful additives. Go to GoodRanchers.com and subscribe to any of their boxes and use code DAILYWIRE at checkout. Every subscription will come with a free Heritage Ham, $25 off, and Good Ranchers lifetime quality commitment. That's GoodRanchers.com, code DAILYWIRE. Clarence Thomas was just... The court broadly was just uh, presented with some cases regarding big tech. They did not make any big decisions. It's not like there was some big landmark case that just came out on big tech. Actually, the court decided not to hear a couple of cases. But in making those decisions, Clarence Thomas fired a shot across the bow and he, he endorsed a pretty strong conservative argument to 
stop these big tech companies from controlling our speech and censoring everybody. Thomas compared big tech giants, not to little private companies, and you should build your own Twitter if you don't like it. Blah, blah, blah. He compared them to common carriers and public accommodations. It's a good argument because they control the flow of speech in our public square. And in a republic, speech is politics and politics is speech. He wrote, quote, even if digital platforms are not close enough to common carriers, legislatures might still be able to treat digital platforms like places of public accommodation. Although definitions between jurisdictions vary, a company ordinarily is a place of public accommodation if it provides lodging, food, entertainment, or other services to the public in general. He added that Twitter and other digital platforms bear resemblance to that definition. Now, some conservatives are going to recoil at this argument because Thomas is basically saying, look, if places of public accommodation, stores, hotels, these sorts of things, if they are not permitted to discriminate, then Twitter shouldn't be able to either. Some conservatives are going to say, no, I don't like that argument because actually, you know, in my really abstract view of things and in my ideal world, the places of public accommodation, they would be able to have freedom of association too. And this is not a conservative argument. That's why we need to lose with dignity. Uh -uh. What Thomas is doing is bringing us back to reality. The, not the way that our government should work in the wonderful, perfect, abstracted minds of some very esoteric thinkers, some very out the, ethereal thinkers, a better way to put it, but how the government actually works, how the society actually works. And he's saying, look, the left is maybe distorting or perverting our law. They've been doing it for a long time and they've been using it to their advantage. We need to use the law as it currently works the political regime as it currently exists to our advantage too. We shouldn't just cede the ground to the left. I think he makes a great point. I don't, I don't think Republicans should shill for big corporations as a matter of religious uh, principle anymore. <laughs> okay. We should, should reward good, good corporations with our business and, you know, we should be, we should treat corporations fairly. We shouldn't just wield the power of the state arbitrarily, but we should wield political power when it is just. I'll give you an example of an out of control corporation. Spirit Airlines just punished uh, some travelers, a young family. Now, some people say that traveling on Spirit Airlines is punishment enough. It is in itself <laughs> punishment. I've traveled on that airline quite a bit because it's pretty cheap. There was a family, young woman, seven months pregnant, got young kids, special needs kid. They're all wearing their masks. The little, the little kid was not wearing a mask. And some crazy stewardess at Spirit Airlines demanded that they leave the plane. Take a listen. I'm not going to leave until I understand what I'm doing. I, I have a so 
non-compliance, beep, boop, make the baby and the special needs kid wear the mask, beep, boop, beep, boop, non-compliance, get off. No, no, I don't think so. I don't think corporations should be allowed to do that. I don't think that Spirit Airlines is a private company in this very abstract way that we like to think of this firm distinction between public and private. I think there is a, a lot of government regulation of these airlines and and the governments are bringing up the mask mandates, but in some cases the corporations are pushing it more than the government. And I just don't care. I care about the practical effect of this. What, what happened on that airline is unjust, should not be permitted to happen in a just society. Speaking of just societies, last time I, I flew on Spirit, thankfully it was some, some years ago now, uh, was when I first visited LA. Right now, LA is uh, calling for homeless shelters, effectively kind of mental asylums because so many of the people on the street are just complete lunatics, drug addicts and people who have, who have uh, psychological disorders that prohibit them really from living a normal life, especially if they're not taking their meds. So LA city council member, Mike Bonin has proposed sheltering the city's homeless population at local beaches on the Pacific ocean. (laughs) Wow. Oceanfront property for free. Sounds great. Sign me up. Where do I, where do I, how do I do that? Obviously, the LA residents very upset about this. As a very recent LA resident, I was there. You pay a lot of money to live in LA, and most people don't get to live anywhere near the beach. You know, you, if you're lucky, I lived maybe I don't know five miles from the beach. That was cool, but I certainly wasn't touching oceanfront property. Now, I guess I just need to become a heroin addict and live on the street, and then I get oceanfront property. Uh, no, this is a very bad idea. But I'm I'm not opposed to the idea of building homeless shelters, or or really more specifically mental asylums. This shows us a lot of what we've been talking about, the limits of liberty. We closed down the insane asylums about 50 to 70 years ago in the United States out of a misguided understanding of compassion and liberty. We said it was wrong for these people uh, to be locked up in these places and we need to let them go free. And, you know, we've got some medications so they can take that and then they'll go free. But they wouldn't take the medication and letting them go free basically led them to living in squalor on the beach. We have mental asylums in the country. It's just under overpasses. It's just unregulated. It's just in parks and on, and on sidewalks. We still have them. They're just unsafe and ugly. And we get to delude ourselves and pretend that we're so compassionate letting these people be free. No, we're, we're, committing a grave injustice. We, we need to have a much more serious understanding of our liberty, not these bumper sticker slogans that the left is pushing, but which the right has indulged as well. We need to get a little more down to earth, a little bit more practical. Stop, stop allowing ourselves to be pushed around. Stop, stop giving more and more power to an increasingly bizarre liberal elite because they're attaining more and more power each day. They're not giving any of it up. And the more we let this go on, the longer we let this go on, the less likely we will be at stopping it. I'm Michael Knowles. This is the Michael Knowles Show. See you tomorrow. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Andrew Clavin Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. Supervising producers, Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Production manager, 
Pavel Vidovsky, editor and associate producer, Danny D'Amico, audio mixer, Mike Coromina, hair and makeup by Nika Geneva, and production coordinator, McKenna Waters. The Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production, copyright Daily Wire 2021. Today on the Ben Shapiro Show, the Biden administration pushes global corporate tax increases while ramping up spending and taxes at home. The White House signals more bullying of corporations to come, and Republicans are actually optimistic about 2022. That's today on the Ben Shapiro Show. Give it a listen. Mm-hmm. 